Welcome to The Yoga Voice, a podcast by City Yoga, School of Yoga and Health. Our guests discuss how the contemporary practice of this ancient art transforms the lives of individuals and communities in the Midwest and beyond. City Yoga has been a center for the practice of yoga and yoga teacher training since opening in 2002. Join us as we explore how yoga inspires and transforms. Once again, Dave here from The Yoga Voice. And as promised last week, this is your bonus episode with Cassie Stockcamp, who, as many of you may not know, she was the founder of the Monumental Yoga, a huge community event in the heart of Indianapolis every summer solstice on June 21st. She's past president of the Anthenaeum Foundation. She's a yoga teacher, world traveler, has, has now circumnavigated the planet. And I was so grateful that she was willing to stop in. And just to remind you, she came back in um, May or June last year, about halfway around in her trip around the world. She made a pit stop here and shared some of her exploits and adventures and experiences on the first leg of her journey. And now, having completed a year traveling abroad, she was so kind as to come in and share the experiences that she encountered since she left and just a whole wealth of knowledge and experience and this idea of our being a global citizen, of learning from different cultures, different walks of life, from our generation, like we're both in our 50s, or, and to learning from the the millennials and from the wise sages of the older generation. And so we just had a really amazing conversation. We literally could have gone on for hours, but she has been such an instrumental part of the Indianapolis yoga community and the greater community at large as a wealth of experience as a parent, as a community leader, as a business leader, as a human being with with flaws and struggles and and she's very transparent about sharing what she's gone through what she's going through what she learned from it where she's headed next her life is this inspiration of possibility so with that i welcome cassie stockcamp All right, Dave here once again at the Yoga Voice with a dear friend <laughs> and a previous guest from episode three, Cassie Stockcamp. Hello, Dave. <laughs> hey, Cassie. So great to have you here, and and thank you all of our listeners that are tuning in. and And we were, you know, a little remiss at getting started because I haven't seen Cassie in a while, <laughs> and we were catching up, and we just go off on these <laughs> great conversations. So uh, here we are. Um, at City Yoga, at the Yoga Voice, and just a little refresher, Cassie was here on about midway through her 12-month journey volunteering around the world, and she had just come in from uh, India? India, very India, good, yeah. India, yeah. So she started in Australia, um, New, Zealand. New Zealand, Sri Lanka, very good. India. Very good, yeah. I, I listened to the podcast earlier this week, but... <laughs> But then I think you were going to somewhere in South America from there, from, yeah. from here, and you were just here briefly. Um, so before we get into all that, um, it's great to have you here and see you. It's and, good to be and, back. And be chatting. And I want to hear a little bit about what's inspiring you today as you've been teaching and doing yoga and volunteering around the world. What out there in the world is really and been an inspiration to you today. Oh, goodness. So, it sounds so basic, but just my yoga practice is what inspires me. There was a period of about three weeks where I didn't do yoga this last year, and it was, it was pretty unbelievable how it affected me, not only physically, but spiritually and mentally. And it was just a reminder to come back to the mat. Mm -hmm. It is such an important, important thing for me. Yeah. So, for me personally, you know, around the world, it's it's truly universal language. Mm. I mean, that's that's the beauty of this practice, right? It takes a little different twist, uh, literally a little different twist and turn in in, in different places. But the yoga is yoga. 
<laughs> and it is it, it's a gift for everyone that I've that I've crossed paths with and had an opportunity to to, to share it with. And and I I've, I've learned from other teachers as well around the world. So yeah, <sighs> yeah, it's been amazing. So of the countries you've been visiting and cities, how many <laughs> places have you been teaching yoga? Um, you know, it's interesting. So. I, I probably taught at every place. It wasn't my official volunteer duty in some places, but once people learn that you're a yoga teacher, it's like, oh, would you mind <laughs> gathering us together, right? Which is such a wonderful gift to give back. Um, but what, so I find it fascinating. So when I started off the trip in Sydney is, is, is a, uh, the, one of the major things I did volunteering was being a yoga teacher. And then I ended up in Bali and that was my volunteer experience was teaching a yoga. So to bookend all of the other stuff in between uh -huh. was, was really, really lovely. Um, yeah so so that's cool yeah and language barrier or was it mostly english speaking? you know it's or? funny i was in most colonized countries <laughs> as i look back and english truly is it's the language of the world i mean we're so fortunate mm -hmm. and cursed as so many people speak so many more languages than we do right it allows us to be a little less flexible with our language skills yeah. but so no i really never did though you know as i'm saying this i was in argentina and um, I found a yoga school where very few of the teachers taught or spoke in English. Uh -huh. And one class I happened, it was an early morning class, I'll never forget this, showed up and it was she and I, and she spoke no English and we did a yoga class in silence. And it was beautiful. <laughs> and it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? So again, yoga transcends language, which is kind of the, the beauty of it all. Right, right. Think of the energy body doesn't speak a language. Exactly. Or it also speaks the same it, language. It, it really was magical. I remember thinking, whoa, this is <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Well, I know you're um, not in town for too long. No. <laughs> and uh, that, um, so let's do do a little play-by-play. -play. So when you <laughs> left here back in May, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. headed south. Headed to Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. My daughter graduated from college and she, um, I said, where would you like to go in the world? I mean, what a gift that I can give that to my kids. Yeah. And so uh, my other daughter, three of us explored Argentina together for about a month. Ooh. Yeah, it's a beautiful country. The, the, the inflation rate there is wild. So that is one of the more challenging things about living there. They've had just excessive inflation mm -hmm. and beautiful, beautiful country though. Iguazu, one of the seven wonders of the world, the natural waterfalls oh, are just, yeah. oh, just stunning setting. So she was with me for about a month, um, went back to, took her first professional job. Yay, yeah. parents, right? <laughs> we we did, we did um, gainfully employed and so proud of her. She's doing great in Chicago. And my youngest was 20 at the time and spent the next two months with me. And we That's traveled right. South America together. Every parent's dream. Mm. Now I kind of laugh. I tell people, I said, it's traveling with anybody 24 seven is a lot, right? And then traveling with my, kind of my little clone was even. <laughs> oh, is she type A? <laughs> she a little bit of a type A. Uh. So, but it was, it was good because we were volunteering. Okay. So, and primarily with her, we did hostels because it, it, it did two things. It provided for both of us a little bit of structure every day. We had four or five hours where we had to do some some chores and some work. Okay. But then she also met kids from all over the world. Her age group. Oh, it was yeah, right. Yeah. It was really, it was it was a perfect, I, I guess in, in essence a distraction. Okay. But it was lovely. So we um, worked our way Argentina into Ecuador and, and then spent, I mean, the Galapagos and Banos. And, uh. and, we, and we were on actually on a beach for, at a expat, place where people were living and uh, it was one of the cheapest places to get kite surfing lessons in the world and so she learned how to kite surf you know I mean I mean just that kind of stuff you take yeah. advantage and I didn't know that when we went there I was like oh well yeah yeah you definitely need to do this so yeah it was just amazing yeah so that um I remember seeing some of your posts and you seemed like you were in Ecuador for a while. We were. Yeah, we were definitely in Ecuador yeah. for almost two months. Yeah, almost two months. I loved Ecuador. Oof. Yeah, it seemed pretty magical for sure. Oh, you've got literally you have the Galapagos, you've got the beach, you've got um, the Amazon, you've got the, the mountains, you've got beautiful cities that are still have all that Spanish culture and history. I mean, it, it's and it's reasonable. Yeah. The cost of living index Indianapolis is about $3,800 a month and a comparable living in Cuenca, Ecuador was was eighteen hundred dollars? Wow! Right, so it, it's 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 yeah, it's just different, and the and the exchange rate. I mean, our dollar is really strong right now, right? So that makes a difference as well. Yeah. So, and you mentioned earlier that you're finding like there's the cost of living on 
pretty much most places on the, on the planet are much well, less Well, now remember, here. I yeah. stayed pretty much on um, equator or south. So I didn't okay. really do Western Europe, which is obviously much more expensive. Right. So, and I didn't didn't hit any of those really expensive places. So, and then volunteering in exchange for room and board. Yeah. Oh, that stretched my money. So, I mean, that's why I can keep going is mm. I didn't spend all my money, which yeah. I didn't, didn't, did not know how it would all pan out. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So Audrey then went back to, to school um, back to IU to, to school, and then I from there went to Zambia. And oh, um, that's where you wanted to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Judy Kendall is is a lady here in Indianapolis, and her nonprofit it's incredible. She feeds through her program almost fourteen thousand kids a day in Africa. Oh wow! Bags of rice and meal, and um, that she gets distributed to all these different villages and schools around around Zambia, very Zambia specific. So she connected me with a woman who had, oh my gosh, Kathy Harding. 80 year old woman had started a, a, a school in the bush and then she also supported this leper colony i mean i went to a leper colony wow. a couple times yeah. i didn't even know that leprosy was still a thing right yeah, i thought it yeah. was gone no to, yeah. to see these villages of people that are blind and maimed and staggering and, and it was painful yeah because we're so blessed and we have access to health care and and these people truly are have been left left behind yeah so, whew. and um, so tell me a little more about Zambia. Like, I don't know anything about Zambia. So Zambia is. Uh, I know it's in Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I did too. I'm right. So southeastern central um, Zambia, and they're right now they're suffering from uh, water shortage. It's uh, okay. dry, and the local people are cutting back trees and using it for firewood. It's still really primitive, which exacerbates the whole climate change and the dryness and oof. Oh, drought control, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was at Lusaka, not one of my favorite cities in the world. Um, oof. <laughs> <laughs> right, you, it's good to know what you don't like. Yeah. Um, but people are living their lives there, uh, and it's growing. It's amazing. I think they said Lusaka will probably be one of the largest cities in Africa in the next 10 years. So wow. it's just this huge growing metropolis organization. Mm -hmm. The other challenge that I find, not just about Zambia, but um, there's such corruption in the government, mm -hmm. which is, it just breaks your heart. Um, yeah. So from Zambia, so I went to, um, and I'll kind of tie it back to Zambia to Livingston where Victoria Falls is. Oh, right? yeah. One another yeah. beautiful seven wonders of the world. And I, I saw a picture from there oh, you, that you gosh. were just looking like in your bliss. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was beautiful, amazing. So this this is where I was really a tourist. I did, you know, that did a, a safari when you're in Africa, right? You got to go see us have a safari yeah. and saw that. I mean, the, the first time I was in safari, I, I literally had tears in my eyes mm -hmm. because the animals are just it's it's amazing. Majestic, I hope everybody yeah. have would have an opportunity to go and, and see that while it's still available yeah. because there is a lot of poaching that is going on. Yeah. So Zambia does have some safari um, economy going. Or <laughs> so you have to go so Livingston is right on the border, which is in Zambia, and Chobe is in Botswana, which is right across the border. Mm -hmm. So Zambia doesn't have a whole lot of of uh, safari kind of work, but it's so close to the border that it's easy to to cross the border and and okay. go into the next. So we had a, a beautiful, beautiful river where the animals were all congregating. Okay. So yeah, we actually stayed in the bush, right? Did camping <laughs> and yeah, it was wild. Oh goodness. And then from there, I went down to, to Cape Town, which is an amazing city. Have you been? No. Oh, I, truly one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been in. But I could never live there. I, so I mean, apartheid and the tentacles that are still there. Apartheid obviously is illegal now. It's 25 years ago when it was under Nelson Mandela. It was a uh, was eradicated but and, and even they, they acknowledge it's economic racism okay. and not unlike what's happened here i mean it's it's challenging yeah i've understood i've heard that there's some institutional racism and, it, and some fallout from oh. apartheid that's still pretty it's prevalent. so in the i mean it apartheid went on until the 90s i mean mm -hmm. it's unbelievable to, to think that people were were truly had no rights just because of the color of their skin yeah. until the 90s, right? Wow. So, so clearly there's economic racism that has gone on because in the in the 50s and 40s, people were literally knocked on their door. They owned their home and they were said, we are relocating you and we are taking your property. And they were deposited to a piece of sand 40 miles outside of the city. Wow. So today, 78% of the population lives in poverty. And if you're a domestic worker, 40% of their salary is spent just on transportation. 
just yeah. to get back into the city to service the people. So, I mean, it's challenging. Yeah. And there's, and it's a powder keg. Um, I had friends that said, you, don't you dare go to South Africa. There's too much violence. Well, I went, I had never, I never suffered anything, obviously didn't suffer anything and, and never experienced any fear, but there were definitely random acts of violence that were going on while I was there. All right. So you just have to be aware, you yeah. have to be aware. But, but after Mandela, then the next political regime that came in again was corrupt. Mm. And so all of these promises have been made to the people in the, what they call this, we're, we're, instead of slums, they're townships, which is the essence, the same thing. And promises that have been made that haven't been kept. And so people are just pissed. Yeah. And they're living in it and there's no way out. And their schools are sub, you know, compared again to the white schools. I mean, it's just, oh, it's just, oh, it ricks your heart out. Yeah. So, yeah. It's enlightening, it sounds like. It's enlightening. Yeah. So what I said, I couldn't live there because you work and you live behind eight foot walls with barbed wire. It's bizarre. Mm. I have never seen such a beautiful city that is so closed down. <laughs> from from yeah. and I often so I had a, had some health issues and walking to doctor's offices a lot. <laughs> I was oh, only that was where yeah the, that's I, where I all that, that happened. I, yeah. read that. I remember parts of that blog that was like <laughs> yeah. you're like oh, <laughs> my intestines yeah. were shutting down on me a little bit. Yeah, uh, but um, I was the only white person on the street, other than the coloreds and blacks, and they were the ones they were the the service workers for the the rich white suburbs. So. Yeah, it's 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 it was bizarre to to recognize the my my whiteness and my white privilege. Yeah, and yet there was such fear. I mean, it was it it's just very very interesting experience. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I stayed with um, the volunteer thing I did there was I really was amazing. Um, so the South African women loved to do crafts. They loved to paint. They loved to do mosaics. They all that kind of stuff. So this was a, a craft cafe. Where you could come in and, and you could do crafts yourself. You could bring your kids in. You could have a party there. In addition, there it was a coffee shop and you could have lunch, light salads, that kind of stuff. But the staff they hired were all people with Down syndrome. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I had not never really been around people with that kind of disability much before. So it, it was a wonderful experience. Oh, really, bad. really wonderful experience. And I, I remember sitting around the... The, having afternoon tea and just cracking up with these, I call them kids, right? That, yeah. I mean, they're older older people, but um, one of the guys actually had his own language and it just would jabber at me and talk <laughs> and I'd talk back and he'd understand, but he'd jabber back. We would just giggle and laugh and it was, yeah, it oh, was good. Really but what I started to say, so the family that I stayed with, she was a founder of it. At night, obviously all the gates were always locked and then they would lock their exterior doors and then they would lock their interior doors for fear of, of a home invasion. Wow. Yeah, I've never, and the first thing in my mind is like, oh shit, this is fire protection, right? How do I get out of this? Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah. a fire and they're like, that was not on their mind. Yeah. Fascinating, right? Just just different, just a different culture. And yet is, again, as I said, physically one of the most beautiful cities I've ever seen. But people so, are prisoners in their own homes. Yeah, yeah. And I hope level. this, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I hope this too shall pass, but I, I don't know how you undo I don't know how you don't do it. It's, it. They've got a lot of challenges ahead of them. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and and it's much more recent than our, our challenges in America. Exactly. You know? Well, so. and I have to say, I saw us in all of that, mm -hmm. and how ours just have over decades have it. When when again, when you take an asset away from someone, or you, when someone doesn't have an opportunity to buy that asset, just generational. I mean, you and I are, are we're blessed. Yeah. Because of family stuff that's happened long before us. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have that building block of success, it puts you behind. Right. And we have that here in our country, uh, right? Clearly, we, yeah. We sure do. So, I mean, it was it was such a, because it was so current and to see, wow, this is where we still are in our own country. Right. Yeah. That's... The contrast was pretty great. Yeah. And I got sick in South Africa. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a, a wild experience. So, I think my people might be interested in knowing. So I had my intestines shut down, right? I don't want to, I learned a lot about my intestines. It became way <laughs> too comfortable, but I won't, won't go into all of that. But so I had four doctor's visits, two surgeon visits, two CT scans, a full colonoscopy and biopsies, fecal test, urine test, blood test, x-ray, ultrasound, and something else. And I had to buy straight up healthcare. Because I, I had travel insurance, but I had to pay for it all first myself. Mm -hmm. And there's, there is a government healthcare, and then there still is a private healthcare system there. And I bought through the private system, 
all of that stuff that I did, that I just listed, $2,500. Wow. <laughs> like a tenth of the cost here. I, literally. Yeah. If not, yeah. even less. Yeah. So it was staggering. And it was quality healthcare. The first heart transplant in the world was done in Cape Town. Yeah. So my brother's a surgeon. When he heard I was getting sick, he's like, oh, you need to come home. I'm like, eh, the qu quality is great here. And I don't think I could afford to come home. Mm -hmm. I mean, the medical tourism, I get it. I, I kind of participated in it unwillingly, yeah. but it, it's it's real. Wow. So yeah, twenty five. I'm mean, literally. It was less than twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah. Unbelievable. So it was. Did you pick up a virus or a, a parasite or what? what it? Well, it wasn't. That's why I did a fecal test. It yeah. wasn't any of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, t t traveling's amazing, it, but it's also stressful on the body. Oh, okay. So I know. I think that was the first thing. Um, I went and stayed with an amazing family and I didn't share with them that I was vegetarian and I ate meat for five meals. Well, I got constipated, right? Well, I, I, oh, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, I yeah. think that's what started all of it. But candidly, Dave, it was, it was much more metaphysical. I mean, I had so many awakenings spiritually because it's my body's way of saying you need to stop. And I learned all about forgiveness through that experience. Oh, wow. And it, it, it was um, amazing. I, w I wonder if there's if you talk about prana and life force, and you talk about um, we get you know energy from food mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. way it's grown, not just the chemical things, but there. Uh, it's said that when you eat animal products, right, you take on some of that energy of how the animal mm -hmm. lived and died. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you sure do. And I, make, I wonder if that well, added to the stress of your system. That and the, the family I was with, they were kind and wonderful and they were a little racist. Yeah. And I didn't speak up. Mm -hmm. And I know there was some stress involved with that as well. So, I mean, all of it. Wow. All, oh yeah, it was, it, um, oh, you know, Dr. Sue. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I went to see a surgeon and he was a great guy, but it was so funny after, he said, yeah, your, your intestines have collapsed. I'm going on vacation. Come back in two weeks and just eat bland food. That's the only thing he told me, bland soft food. <laughs> so with that, I reached out to my spiritual community and Dr. Yeah. Sue was one of them. And, and she just said something to me that just made me stop and pause that, Cassie, this feels like old stuff. I believe in reincarnation. So yeah. she said, this feels like old stuff that you've had this before. And it, that was a statement that allowed me to step back and to realize this is just an experience in this lifetime. Mm. And I have an opportunity to lean into it and to figure it out, but not to be overreactive. And it, the body needs to be in a place of ease in order to heal. Yeah. And someone introduced me a book called um, The Journey by Brandon Braze. Mm -hmm. and, and, and through that, I realized a, the body holds on to a lot of stuff. I had done so much cognitive therapy and thousands and thousands of hours and dollars. And I was kind of I was like, what the hell? I'm, I'm done with all this. Well, <laughs> clearly my body said, you're holding on to something. So I went through that experience. And then also um, I went to a four day silent retreat. I had to cancel all of my plans for Thailand and Cambodia because it was, I, you, I was pretty you, sick. You had to stay put. Yeah, I needed to kind of, I needed to figure it out. So the day that I was supposed to leave for Thailand, there was a silent four day retreat that was going on. So I was all in. It's like, I know I need to heal. Mm -hmm. And have you ever heard of TRE? T-R-E. Trauma release exercises. Hmm. So it, it's, it's a very simple program that was d developed to help vets when they come back from war because the body, again, holds stress. Mm -hmm. And it's a, a shaking, trembling oh, of the okay. body. I, yeah. And because it's, you liken it to an animal. Right. I'll, have you uh, heard of it? T-R-E. I, I have. Oh, um, uh, T-R-E. That, um, yeah, I think in some of the trauma-informed yoga training, they talk about that, how, like, um, they use the example of the possum, how it's playing dead uh, as a predator comes by. Mm -hmm. And then when the predator, when danger is gone, it'll it'll get back, it'll wake up, and it'll just shake <gasps> violently. Oh, I didn't know that about a possum. So it shakes. It shakes off the energy. And then it'll walk away. Exactly. That is exactly what it is. The, okay. They literally shake off that energy. Well, we as we get older, we adults, we hold it. Uh, little kids shake, little kids shake, but now you don't see many adults shaking. No. And so this is a way of learning. Again, it's a psoas. It's through because we always say we carry a lot of our emotion in our hips, which right. I got a big kick out of that. It's like, oh, this is yoga kind of. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's on your back. And um, 
The reason I mention that is is the day that I, it was a 15 minute little simple exercise. I mean, it's just shaking. Now it's some people's whole body went through this big shaking. My legs shake, and every now and then I, I call it a myclonic jerk. My whole upper body would just it was bizarre. Oh, it was just. Wow. And that night after I did that, my bowels opened up all night long. I hadn't pooped for, this is so gross, for three <laughs> weeks. I mean, it was horrible. It was bad. Yeah. It was really an unbelievable experience. So clearly my body was holding on to something in addition to going yeah. through this forgiveness exercise. So it was, that, that was what you needed to heal. Right? And it was, I mean, yeah, and healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's so. So I, it sounds like you released more than just discharge from your body oh it yeah. was a lot yeah obviously yeah, that was just was the way of my body energetic getting energetic mm -hmm. clearing i still do it every day yeah life is stressful right you right. almost get hit by the something on the car or somebody gets mad at you at work and life is just stressful yeah so how do we release it so yeah i do it every day yeah that's, that's just, cool yeah. yeah and then from there i went to bali oh that was from, that was from there I, to bali i remember so, when you arrived in bali on, on a post you're like oh, Bali and you were stayed on a beach resort. Oh, I did. Yeah. And I taught yoga. I mean, it was, I just, I literally pinched myself every morning. It's like, this is a volunteer experience. I, yeah. Yeah. It was, I walked out um, to the ocean and, and snorkeled two or three times a day. And it was, it was, it was truly paradise. I feel so blessed to have had that experience. Yeah. yeah. The warm water and the, the sunshine was, is what my body needed to be in, in an easy place to, yeah. to, and I'm still healing. I mean, it takes right for the, for the, the cells to, to regenerate. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And I will probably eat differently the rest of my life, which I think nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I was pretty healthy before. So now I'm even paying more attention. So mm, yeah. 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 So, and the, uh, well, the, Salt water and the, oh, salt the, so the air, island air. Yeah, and know. the waves crashing and the ions being released. I mean, it's real. It was real. So it was. It was. A, it was a great way to. And that section of my, I'm still going, but yeah, <laughs> that yeah, section. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. And then you were in Bali for about a month. Maybe? No, for almost right. two months. Two months. Oh, okay. yeah. I was really. I think seven weeks. So yeah, I was really lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And was it the same volunteer gig or did you do that for a little while at that No, resort? I stayed. So I stayed at the resort pretty much the whole time. Again, I just wanted to have a place. But I, I went and did some, you know, trips to Gili T and I went back to Ubud and I went, you know, I did some different. Volcano. Did yeah, exactly. Volcano. Yeah, Volcanoes yeah. and waterfalls and yeah, temples yeah. and yeah, uh -huh. just rice fields. And I mean, it's beautiful, uh -huh. right? It's just, it's just gorgeous. I felt like there was this interesting blend of sort of hinduism and oh wow and buddhism yeah and yeah. different religions and cultures yeah so it's so i find that fascinating so do you know the top three in population of the world who are the top three countries mm, china china india india u.s is it u.s, US yeah. is three okay and number four is indonesia it is and it's where bali is right yeah, yeah, yeah so bali or indonesia is seventeen thousand islands and it's primarily mm -hmm. Muslim, but it is this, in, in their constitution, they say, I think there's six religions that they say, we are tolerant of all. It's Christianity, Muslim, Buddhism. I, I mean, I, they, they're really, really broad swath. So uh -huh. it's the largest mu Muslim population in the world is in Indonesia. And yet you never hear about it because they pretty much live together peacefully. Yeah. Yeah. yeah isn't that interesting? Isn't that yeah. interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're... Um and they st they had uh, you could still see some of the historic remnants of Dutch colonialism. Oh, a lot. Right? Yeah, 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 right. yeah. You sure can. Yeah, and um, but it did seem very international. Like a lot of Australians, a lot of like when I, we were there, there it had a very international flavor to it. Yeah, it, yeah. There's yeah. A, the different Westerners are coming are coming in and investing money and seeing business opportunities as well. But uh -huh. yeah, because it's such a beautiful place. Yeah, yeah, and they're pretty. Um, I was gonna say Western friendly, but oh. it's, they're very friendly to all visitors. It's, it seems I, like, the, yeah. I, yeah, I never felt. In fact, where I stayed on the East End was was in Ahmed. There aren't even police over there. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's just wow. What happens when when somebody something bad goes? They say, well, it's not necessarily self policing, but it just doesn't happen. It's like wow. Yeah, I walked home at night every night at 10, 10 11 o'clock at night, and a bunch of kids were be hanging out on the bridge talking, uh, and you know, it just. But I never were. I never worried. Felt safe. Yeah, I felt really safe. Yeah, isn't that interesting coming from Zambia to yeah, that? Yeah, it was. There was a lot of contrast. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to say though, I didn't. 
Did I feel unsafe in Zambia? Oh, well, you know, I, yeah, yeah. There but the, was... the people in Zambia clearly did not feel safe with they had all these security measures, right? Oh, that's South Africa. Or South Africa. South Africa. Cape Town. Oh, Cape Town. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, oh, Cape absolutely. Town. The contrast was, was so yeah. great. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Maybe that my body was like going, too much shifting going on. Oh, goodness. So, and so tell me a little bit, like, Teaching yoga, how was that? Were you teaching with uh, tourist crowds? Yeah, so this is the local. So well, so both. Um, so the the owner, she's a UK woman that lives in San Francisco, but has had this built this property thirteen years ago. Okay. And it's beautiful, and she built a yoga shala. So it does cater to her guests that come through, but she also opens it up for free for the locals. So we had both. Oh, nice. And her staff, obviously. Not very, not all of them, but many of them come and, and took the class as well. So it was a yeah. it was a really unique combination. But it is fun because the tourists were literally people from all over the world, mm-hmm. Czech and Australians and Germans and English and yeah, just to to get that experience. Yeah. So okay, yeah, that was a blast. It was it yeah, yeah. I was just smiling because it really truly have friends all literally all over the world. Yeah. Well, that I remember back to our first podcast, you talked about people you met and so and so. It's like my sister now from the oh, flower farm. Flower farm, in yeah, in, in, in Wellington, New Zealand, exactly. And uh, so that kind of continued. Oh, it did. Bonding with yeah. people. And, um, and didn't, were you, I just had the thought of maybe I read this in a blog where, and um, maybe in Ecuador at a place run by, like, some of the refugee from Venezuela. Or, oh, uh, so I was on, yeah, very good. I was on the beach in Monta staying. Um, it was owned actually by an American expat, but she had learned that they were these two Venezuelans sleeping on the beach and she needed help. And uh, someone brought them to her and, oh my gosh, Gabby was an attorney from, from Venezuela. Her husband had ran restaurants in Venezuela and it was it's really bad there right now yeah and uh she brought them in and gave them housing and they work for her and just the most amazing human beings hardworking, grateful gabby's sister had been killed by the uh the police force there in venezuela and they had to flee i oh, mean they wow. yeah. left without anything so yeah you 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 <laughs> hear those kind of stories and you just pause yeah we take and then we take so much for granted and we seem to be fighting, not really understanding that this is real for people. I mean, they are fleeing and trying to get to safety. Yeah. We had a young lady go through our yoga teacher training a few years ago. That was, she had left Venezuela and she, some of her family had left and some were still there. And there was some, this, this, this tension, palatable yeah. tension yeah. about, and um, that, you know, this, frightening to think you it's not safe to go back to your home right and venezuelan yeah and for a lot of people anyway and not just venezuela but other spots in the world absolutely absolutely so um reminds me of how lucky we can be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to not have that experience today yeah we've had we yeah especially in our country right we've never experienced anything like that yeah. And yet it's interesting. So I'm I'm part of um, a member of so many different Facebook communities, right? That are for traveling communities, and many people still are traveling in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. So it's it's I, I haven't quite got my head wrapped around that. But then again, people have told me, "Don't you dare go to to Cape Town because it's so dangerous." And and yet I didn't experience that at all. And I I would in fact encourage people to go because it was just so beautiful yeah. and so many wonderful experiences. You just have to pay attention, just like you do in our city. Yeah. Right. You just have to be smart. Yeah. Keep your eyes open. And- we, um, Cape Town reminded me that our dear friend Neil, Neil Wagafog. Yeah. He's, oh, he's in um, Nairobi. Oh, what's he doing there? He, um, well, see if I get this right. His son's girlfriend's brother was getting married. Or oh, 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 fun. So, so he got to go so and participate. Went to a wedding, yeah. <laughs> and then they're going to do um, a little trek up Kilimanjaro. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's which, awesome. Which is, they may be acclimating as we speak. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so that was you know so funny. I actually looked into do Africa so huge. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Right, I, I spent. Well, there's my vision. Look at your right? yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so you just right because you are yeah. yeah I had that up there for about a little picture of Mount Kilimanjaro, mm-hmm. right below my little daughter's shining smiling face <laughs> that uh we're talking about this could be a great father daughter 
Oh, um, climb be? Mount Kilimanjaro someday. So it's because it's doable. It, I mean, it's, it's it's a hike. It's not yeah, like mountain yeah, climb, exactly. But, it's, it's, but it's a pretty big hike. It's nineteen thousand feet. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> I've been fifteen thousand, and that was sucking air on that one. I can't imagine yeah. at nineteen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been eighteen, at least eighteen continental oh, divide, wow. and some of the oh, is it that high? Is it continental divide? Or, uh, the, some of the Rocky Mountains around there are okay. 14 or 15. Yeah, definitely the 14ers, right? Um, so, man, I don't know if 18, maybe I'm thinking of Rainier. But anyway, yeah, it does. 19 is tall. I mean, 19 is high. 14 is high. 14 is <laughs> high. Yeah, I, seriously, 15 was, it was like, oh, my, I take 10 steps and I have to stop. But it depends on where you start. If you're starting at seven or 8,000 feet. You're a little heads up a little bit, yeah. It's, 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 it's a different because you're acclimated and you're, yeah. but. Anyway, that uh, having gone up and down the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. sea level to mm-hmm. eight or nine thousand mm-hmm. feet, and you don't really feel it, but when you get above ten thousand, I think is when it's, it's definitely a, it starts to. Yeah, because many of the the cities I was in in Ecuador, we were at eight thousand feet, mm-hmm. and I didn't really notice it. Well, that's not true. You start walking uphill, you notice it, but right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Just on flat surfaces, it's your body does acclimate. But it, you're right. It's over ten thousand where you start to really feel it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So that, um, uh, well, that's that's super cool. Out of the places, this is probably not a fair question, but out of everywhere you've mm. been so far, mm-hmm. what has been the most? I was going to say favorite, but I'll say most memorable in a positive way. You know, each country has a story and something that happens. But what I mean, what happened in India was pretty mind blowing. Um, I don't know if I shared with you. I uh, um, met a woman who did the Brighter Minds thing. Oh, yeah. You did some training. Yeah, I did some training on that where it's really just following your intuition and learning to use the energy around you. I mean, that that, that still strikes me as being pretty top wide. I mean, and get this is really bizarre, but getting sick in Cape Town. I mean, I learned so much from that experience that mm-hmm. i i wouldn't trade it wouldn't want to do it again for right. dear god but it it, it was um the, the the things i learned were just incredible yeah so yeah i couldn't Could, I, yeah. yeah you know it, it, it's funny i say that because india was india is hard for me people either fall in love with it or they don't so india is hard for me and yet i just said that was one of the most amazing places i went right <laughs> so again the yin and yang with all of this mm-hmm. yeah interesting yeah well that um i was teaching a vision board oh, um, i love those and, yeah uh, it was a little bit beyond vision board where we got really more into the um what does it take to really tap into some of our our inner energies mm-hmm. that are uh which it sounds like that that brighter minds is, is attempting to do and that just reminded me of that because in some of the research i was doing prep because i've taught these for years since uh dear friend des garcia uh, introduced me to that practice and actually we did a few workshops Squeeze your together. heart, baby, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I love Des. She's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, she's and good. the uh, conscious brain is responsible for about 5% mm-hmm. of the brain activities. On subconscious is 95%. Absolutely. And so translate that into the billions and trillions of neurons and oh, our bodies and are just they're operating right i mean it's, it's amazing we don't even know what's happening yeah the power is, is phenomenal and mm-hmm. when we think about our yoga philosophy and our calming the chatter of the mind and the purpose of yoga and the power yeah. of yoga and how it makes sense when you think well yeah if i could recruit this part of my brain. Mm-hmm. Just thinking with a conscious brain that's distracted. What what does it open up to us? Think yeah. about recruiting the subconscious parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. That's why I love like yoga nidra and some of the some of the deeper dives into the inner workings of the mind and relaxation and and meditation. How, right. I mean, meditation. we all, we know that's really the core to the practice. And right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I think the longer we do it, the more we're aware of this, this energy or so. this. Well, I love that. It's the, the way you, I even teach um, people that aren't real, what we call real yogis. What is this? I can't believe I just said that. What's a real yogi? We're all real yogis. But we, we put our, our bodies in these geometric shapes, which are just about energy. Mm-hmm. Right. So the energy can flow most efficiently. 
So it's right. again, it's that subconscious reconnection to to that energy flow because we're all just energy. Even when you go yeah. past the cellular level, right? Right. We are all just blank void space. <laughs> right. Right. So how do we con we connect with all of that that is out there because it's all available to us? Yeah. It's amazing. Well, and I think part of a, and this is you know, yoga philosophy speaking, and, <laughs> and, which I, I agree with, and. Um, our journey begins where we have to sort out our personality stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I think kind of like you shared last mm -hmm. time, you're like going through some therapy stuff and they're like, go try yoga, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And My therapist, that's how I got into yoga, right? So there's this idea that we have to work, you know, I had to work out a lot of stuff in years and years of 12 step mm -hmm. recovery before I found yoga, but I'd found You weren't ready I then. Found, you were, until you were ready, you found it then. Right. Yeah. And, and then we, we find a practice or a sadhana and then then we get committed commit to the practice mm -hmm. of yoga i just made quotation point marks with my fingers it means something to everybody else right right yeah. and i think that's where so that's a progressive thing that Absolutely. you build on each other when you like you said you, you find it when you're ready mm -hmm. but there's this these layers you have to peel peel away to be ready for different uh awarenesses or practices or um you know, I'm going to say something. So yoga is so awesome, right? Mm -hmm. So, And it, it truly opened my door to a spiritual perspective. But it was so important that I did that cognitive therapy. Uh -huh. Because um, what I've seen in some cases were what I, I spiritual bypasses. Yeah. And yeah. I think you really have to do both to be. We live in this human form on this world. We've chosen to come here and to have this experience, which means we've got stuff we've got to figure out. And so that cognitive therapy is so important coupled with the, the yoga spiritual growth piece. So you don't mm -hmm. have the spiritual bypass. Otherwise, it's a little shallow. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I said that out loud. I hope I don't offend anyone. But Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I'll uh, just reinforce that because I, I know my experience. I often thought, well, I wish I would have found yoga earlier. Well, know? I wasn't ready. I mean, yeah. I had, you know, I was. We had family dysfunctions and shit we had to work through. Right, right. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know, I'm fully fully immersed in 12-step recovery, which means I was doing a lot of process work, doing mm -hmm, therapy mm -hmm, work, exactly. doing, you know, receiving. Like, Forgiving, letting help. go. I mean, yeah, all of it. And, yeah. yeah. And so, and, and we accumulate more stuff in life, right? <laughs> so, you have to stay current, right? And, <laughs> Interesting, right. And uh, I did find movement, you know, yeah. in that early on in recovery, which stayed with me throughout life. So, I... I feel like I was getting some energetic release. I was Physical, not aware yeah, of physicality, so physicality is so important. Yeah, and connection with the earth. I always felt mm -hmm. even Nature. even when I was young and teenage years, I always felt a deep connection with the earth and the that healing energy. And when we talk about the ocean surf, and I was always drawn mm -hmm. to the ocean, right? And yeah, and so so yeah, everybody's path is different. You see, you know, people start yoga. 12 years old. I know, you know, know. What if, right? I'm always like, oh my gosh, is that amazing? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> but it wasn't uh, my path. It wasn't our path. Right? It wasn't our path. But I think the we're in the same generation and like wasn't most of our generation's path. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but we found it. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Thank God we did. And and there, there's there been such a, like the yoga community. Mm -hmm. I, I was going to ask you about that as, as well. Like we see in the Midwest, like this, sort of explosion of yoga in the last five or 10 yeah. years. We've seen it in America for the last 30 or 40 years, really. Um, globally, what are you seeing? Are you seeing like expats opening little retreat places that are, you know, doing something yeah. different? It's funny. Or, or yeah, does it, it blend or what's going on in international yoga in your view? Yeah. So, you know, wherever I went, I tried to do, find a yoga studio or yoga class and and oftentimes it was a Western person opening up because it's um, uh, yoga isn't necessarily part of, a lot of these cultures are still very much more culturally minded than we are and it's not part of their culture. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it is interesting as you say that and I never made that dot, made that connection. Uh, so it, it felt familiar to me because it often did come from that, from a Western perspective a little bit yet yeah, in mm -hmm. obviously in india it's all <laughs> it's where it all was founded so that take that one out that clearly is a whole nother another level so well, the, I, but i i've talked to people that are finding in india there's some schools <sighs> there's of yoga they're so trying to bring english-speaking teachers 
because it's a business model to yeah. India for that. Yeah, yeah, because it's just, a, yeah, which is open crazy, right? It has a whole cultural appropriation thing going on, right? As right. well, and they're right. they're struggling with that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're afraid that they're losing what is what was rightfully theirs, and it's just fascinating. It's it's a continuum that's happening all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the um, but it just must have been such a rich experience to have people from all over the world coming together on their mat mm -hmm. and having that experience and yeah and how did that feel as a teacher so you know it, in in i'm just thinking of the last cl couple classes i taught in bali and some of the women their language their english language skills were a little limited so it's funny i did feel a little more stilted like i guess maybe that was my lack of because i didn't have the ability to 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 share with them the depth of what i wanted mm -hmm. so it had to be very physical so I'm, I, I know some people don't teach it, but I'm one that to touch and to adjust. So I had to rely more on that uh -huh. and just in, in, in sharing um, what I was trying to explain that they couldn't necessarily discern through their language skills. So, yeah, but it's rewarding, right? And people come back, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to bring you to the Netherlands, right? And you're going to, you're going to teach yoga for us. Like, oh, sure. Come on. Tell me when. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's how it starts, right? Yeah. I mean, talk yeah. about um, serendipitous moment. I mean, mm. Yeah, um, inter intertwine and so much paths cross. Yeah, yeah it's it, yeah the random randomness is not so random. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But so. yeah, the serendipity is, is is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So you came back here from Bali, mm -hmm. that just in time for the holidays. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so I I in the past when I've traveled for you know two three weeks at a time, what I call reentry has always been really hard, mm -hmm. and I have been pleasantly. I wouldn't say surprise necessarily, but um, it hasn't been as challenging as what I thought it was going to be. And mm. I've done some reflection and I think I realized that since I literally have traveled around the world and I've seen, I consider this just the U.S. now just one of the tapestries that covers our globe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's crap going on, right? There's good and bad and there's good and bad in every place that I was at. And this, I've learned just to accept it. I think in the past I came back with a, a commitment and a desire just to change it all. Well, yeah, yeah. It is what it is. And how can I change my little corner? Yeah, but mm -hmm. it's okay. It's beautiful and, and messy all at the same time. Right. And it's it's all good. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it is all good. So it's, I definitely have developed more of a, I wouldn't say tolerance, but an acceptance. Mm -hmm. It's all it's all good. Yeah. What, what's so, the old saying? That the only thing consistent on a spiritual path is change. Yeah. The only thing we can, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and the only thing we control is our reaction to things. Yeah. So that's the only thing we control. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's going to continue to unfold. Yeah. That, well, that's exciting. And the, so where, now where did you say you're going next? You're oh, goodness. Um, Colombia? Yeah. Medellin, Colombia. Um, yeah. I, I realized when I was traveling, my daughter had pushed me and said, so do you, do you really need to go back to work? And I still have, unfortunately, been brought up in a, with enough of a business mind where I didn't think I had enough. A scarcity place, right? Crazy. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I, 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 she pushed me enough that I did stop and pause. And there's something called the 4% rule. So, Wall Street has done um, a study over, I think, 50 or 75 years of, of the market's returns on Wall Street. And you can safely pull out 4% of your corporate, or 4% of your earnings uh -huh. every year because some years you're going to get earn 8%, some years you're going to earn 3 Okay. But on an average, you pull out 4%, you never touch your corpus. Uh, okay. So when I stopped and started running my numbers with that in mind, I realized, oh, I don't have to go back to work. Mm -hmm. I couldn't retire in the States, but I could retire in, say, South America or something. Uh -huh. But what that gave me the freedom to do is to sit down and I, a bucket list, I don't know if that's the right term, but just kind of start brainstorming. What are all those, what do I want to do yet in my life? I mean, I'm clearly on the second half of my life mm -hmm. where I have less time ahead of me than I have behind me, which is kind of a really interesting perspective right we're yeah, both in that yeah, one I'm there, yeah. yeah so um one of them was to i've always wanted to be fluent in a foreign language well i'm not even close so i'm going to go to medellin columbia okay and um do an intensive language class there and then when i come home and something else on my bucket list i'm going to ride my bike across the united states oh i think you posted yeah, something about I'm that i'm going to do it okay um may to august i'm going to bike gonna, across america i'm going to do it that's could, a thing it is a thing yeah. yeah so and i may not make it all the way across because i during in my travels i realized oh my gosh there's so many incredible beautiful places and i don't know my own country well enough 
Mm-hmm. I've been to all 50 states, but that's like touching, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So to, to do, and I want to go slow. I, my motto has been slow travel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people bust it and make it across in, in 90 days. Well, I, I may not make it across in four months and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because uh, I'm going to be close to Glacier National Park and Yellowstone and to stop and to hike. And if I see a city that I, this cute little town that I really like and can stop and stay for two days or a week or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And explore. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited and a little scared. You know, I've never yeah. done anything like this. I've been a big biker, but I haven't ridden in a year. And so uh-huh. anyway, so it, it so I've, I've got this idea and, and um, I, I guess I say, I'm trying to say I don't I have an idea, but I'm going to let it unfold within itself, right? During that time frame. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm going to come back and lead a safari to Zambia. Oh, <laughs> how sweet! Now, how did that come about? Oh my gosh. So, so people saw my post because I did a safari and and yeah. had some pretty amazing experiences in Zambia, and they said, "Can you lead a trip?" And I just kind of paused. I said, "Well, I've done yoga. I've been a yoga instructor on a trip, but I've never yeah. led it." And I thought, "Well, I know understand the mechanics." So I sat down one afternoon and. And put together all the experiences I had in a in a seven day trip, and I posted it, and I got like fifteen people that are going. Oh wow! Unbelievable! How crazy I, is that? I, I, crazy, crazy, amazing! So I just I'm just kind of shaking my head. So yeah, I'm leading a trip to to Zambia. <laughs> back to Zambia, right? So, and while I'm there, I'll probably go back to Cape Town and see my friends I made. And right, yeah. the world is the world feels smaller in a weird kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that's um, same. You know, I have with my kids. You know, your kids are travelers. Yeah. Travelers, and Audrey's in Scotland, but she has friends all over Western Europe and and really all over the world. Yeah. And it, and um, Annie's had some uh, friends in Germany that mm. she goes back years with. So there's. You know, people come to visit us and like, oh, you know, come to see us. So there's this network and it does make the world feel smaller. Yeah. yeah. And if you just think back to when we, like we were kids, <laughs> how, uh, well, I th- think back, you know, in the 80s when I was out of college backpacking around Europe mm-hmm. before cell phones. I was going to say we talked to our parents once when we did it, yeah. right? In the three months we were gone. Right. 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 Send the postcard and. All's good. Just, see ya. Like, making a phone call was not complicated, but there was much well, it's more expensive too back expensive then, right? And yeah. Multiple steps depending on the country you're in, and, right? And uh, but you still like you made those connections. You met people, mm-hmm. and I. But I think you know we were writing down addresses and trying to keep in touch. <laughs> I've lost was, all those, unfortunately. I have yeah. too, but yeah. there are kids. They don't it's a, it, because of social, social media mm-hmm. is permanent for the foreseeable future, you know. But um, it creates this sense of the world is a a smaller place an inclusive place and more inclusive and and you know i think like your your journeys uh hopefully will inspire people to be like you know what was that workaway.com you know and i was um and i've known other people that have done that and and people in their their 20s and oh yeah a lot of young people live in different worlds out there it's amazing and yeah. and there's a different there's not a sense of wanting to plant roots as much as there's like ex- having experience mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think for our generation it's more of like okay we've done the roots and the family and you know i'm still yeah i'm, I'm looking at the millennials i mean i learned a lot from them yeah I, I have been yeah i think this this trip i think has been inspired by them to realize so i guess i'm going to go back to one thing that was so funny i met a young man who had just finished uh, undergrads, had taken his MCATs. He put it on hold for uh, a month and went to school, went, went to work for John Hopkins. Okay. In their L- they were studying LSD, right? This whole psychedelic piece. Uh-huh. And the reason I mention that is he said that one of the consistent things that people under uh, an LSD kind of experience, they feel like they have communicated with ET extraterrestrial kind of people Mm -hmm. and they're tracking all of these experiences now they clearly say we don't know if it's hallucinating if it's real whatever it is but they're just tracking it but the message what I found fascinating the message that they that people are receiving from these these encounters from from outer space is to stop taking ourselves so seriously and to Mm. have more fun yeah and that so I tell you that resonated with me yeah and it, it it informed kind of the second half of my whole journey to realize yeah not take it so seriously because so seriously, <laughs> that's <beautiful. laughs> interesting <laughs> it reminds me and this may have coming out of a 
a Ram Dass or a mm. psychedelic from the 60s or 70s. But the the question is, uh, um, what's the key to enlightenment? <laughs> Just lighten up. <laughs> oh, I've never heard that. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that- it's true. Isn't it? It's been my experience. Yeah. So we just, and as we learn to let go and have more fun, everything around us changes mm-hmm. and we influence the people around us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> just lighten up. That's great. <laughs> right. And just like walk with a light heart and a free mind. Yeah. And that. And loving. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. and I think that's why we're drawn to yoga mm-hmm. because there's that's an underlying current there of. Absolutely. What does it, what does it really mean to lighten up or to not take yourself? Oh, well, we talk about that even physically, right? Lighten up, right? Just to relax and let go. Up, and, yeah. The mind, mm-hmm. like the ego deflation or, you know, calming the chatter of the mind, which is shutting the ego that's up. An, yeah, right. And that's heavier energy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as we serious. Light, literally, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And very serious, right? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't oh, that? It seems yeah. very yogic. And, and that's... Um, you know, like seeing the parallels, obviously, with like re- recovery path and yoga mm-hmm, path and mm-hmm. the philosophy is very similar. But also Interesting. what you're talking about, this global inclusiveness and and the shift and the, what you're learning, like the millennials are teaching us, mm-hmm. seems to kind of play into that whole deck of knowledge about, yeah, what we thought was the... Um, foundations of our life or (laughs) that we were taking so seriously as yeah because i can't take it with me right maybe (laughs) maybe there's more (laughs) and uh why limit ourselves Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. letting go of limiting beliefs is such a big a big deal huge piece limiting belief and and not being driven by society Mm -hmm. you know allowing our, our our true nature to finding our own voice right because the we all, if we all live from our unique voice, oh my gosh, the world is so diverse. How beautiful, right? It's not that we're all the same because we all have a unique thing that motivates us and, mm-hmm. and to live authentically yeah. from that place. Wow, yeah. what a tapestry. Well, yeah. and that's kind of a good segue into one of the things as we start to kind of wrap up, which we can talk for as long as we right? <laughs> hours but, and hours. But that um, finding your voice, I mean, I feel like you've, all, you've had a, pretty authentic voice but it's taken a while but i i feel like i have but it's taken a while to get there could talk a little bit about that journey of finding your voice Hmm. well the universe kind of had to take my head off a couple times (laughs) (laughs) because i was brought up in a pretty traditional family where it was about um you go to school you get a good job you accumulate you get married you know i mean and i was on that path and it Mm -hmm. and it, it definitely didn't make me happy but it wasn't it wasn't who i was and i didn't even know that i didn't even know that so literally i mean i i mean i've gone through bankruptcies with my businesses i've gone been divorced twice and i i would hope that people don't have to go through all that to find the enlightenment that i have because the little nudges were there i just didn't i wasn't listening enough i wasn't paying attention enough yeah so when you get the little nudge i mean now when i get it i mean that was my prayer for years is i want to be open and aware enough to hear the nudge so i don't i don't want to go through that kind of suffering again right so uh, yeah it was it was definitely a <laughs> journey but in even through this experience where where i learned to let go of, of physical stuff mm-hmm. and become more of a minimalist my life exponentially got bigger yeah it, because stuff is bird it's it, it's it binds you right when yeah. you have stuff you you have to take care of it. you have to maintain it you have to count for it mm-hmm. and when you don't have much like whoa so i, I know that's my journey right, right. And i know that's um not for everybody but i guess i would would highly encourage people just to consider thinking about their material world yeah a little bit yeah yeah no and i here here to that because i've definitely seen that within myself and family like there's not a, a striving for material things yeah. as much as experiential things exactly and, and that uh um, relationships and relationships yeah. yeah yeah that's so so key that face and i'm a big fan of live and face-to-face I am connections with people and maybe it's part of my generation as i wonder but I, yeah but, but i think that i think even the millennials are coming back to that you know i look at my kids and they're like mom we even are starting to put our phones down when we're together just so we can be with each other yeah as opposed to being distracted which I, that makes me happy yeah 
Yeah, it's a, there's a balance. I think the mm -hmm. uh, the smartphones are a great tool, Absolutely. and they can en enrich our lives. But right. the, like anything, it can get that out. Also, be balance. very distracting, right? Yeah, it's both and. It's both and. And yeah. so it's. I guess that's the whole point. Is we as we're we're blessed in that we have choices to make. Yeah. But if we do them without intention or without awareness, we get wrapped up in the and probably the darker side of stuff so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's kind of so. the key to all life right how do we just ah be have more fun have more fun and lighten up and yeah be, be aware yeah. yeah there's a um great line in one of the in the 12-step literature it talks about we're sure that god wants us to be happy joyous and free that mm. idea that they're part of our nature is to be happy joyous and free that's a, that's the core of all of us yeah yeah and i i believe that I and, and i believe that when you talk about that universal energy that's out there i think that's the core that's yeah and we talk about getting in the flow where well, that's where the flow is heading and much like you shared the challenges in life got you into that flow mm -hmm. you know and, i'm grateful for him i mean i right. really really am same yeah yeah I, I feel like that's part of our human experience, right? Mm -hmm. And you said something earlier about like how we react is such a big, is like the biggest, I don't know if you said biggest, but it's a huge it's part. The only, it's the only thing that we control. The only thing we can control, <laughs> our reaction. And uh, we make our to-do list every day, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I get some of it done. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so going to the school in Columbia, going leading a safari mm, riding my bike across riding your US. bike I gotta, you still have a home base here i do yeah yeah, yeah family and lots of friends and I, I do miss community that's the thing yeah. that I'm, i know i've got something else in me and community is a big big piece of it so uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens i try to sit down and write kind of like a final not a final but a blog a wrap-up blog of, of the last year and, and it just it's not coming out it's not flowing and mm -hmm. i think what i've realized is it's not over yet no, I, I think I, I don't know, right? <laughs> I don't know what's next. So I'm just kind of let. Sorry, it's all good. I'm just going to let it go, and and uh, when it unfolds, and I will know. So yeah. yeah. Well, you don't know what chapter you're on. Exactly. Don't know what chapter I'm on. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. But uh, well, I'm excited. I'm excited for you, and, and you look great, and your energy <laughs> yeah, is great. And I'm good. And I'm glad you returned safely. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> with uh, you know, just a. Uh, pack full of oh, of stories amazing. and experiences and and uh i'm sure there's you know you just you're just getting started ah, it sounds gratitude like. we can all so i hope that people realize that we all have choices to live the way we want whatever yeah. that means for them so yeah the yeah, mind right now is this whew, pinching myself almost every day how lucky am i whew, nice full of gratitude um well that and that's kind of sounds like a nice little note to, to, <laughs> to leave us on, but is there any other thoughts you would like to share mm. with our, our listening audience before we wrap up? Well, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. I mean, you've created a beautiful studio here where it just feels very authentic and, and, and yoga is about yoga and community and you've done a beautiful job here. So thank you for that. Oh. So it kind of feels like I come home here when I come back. Awesome. Well, that met, that touches my heart. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, uh, Thank you so much. Yay. Thanks for having me. Yay. And um, thank you to our listening audience out there for for tuning in to keep inspiring us to make more podcasts. Uh, <laughs> of course, we will have um, Cassie's information in our podcast notes. And I would encourage you, if you didn't hear her in episode three, to touch back <laughs> to that and, and catch some um, details on her earlier exploits on the trotting around the world and all these fun places and amazing experiences and until next time have an awesome awesome day what a treat that was to have a conversation with cassie stock camp and i hope you all enjoyed that bonus episode and don't forget to tune in next week we'll be right right back up with a show and we'll have Taylor Hunt, who will be actually coming to Indianapolis uh, just at the beginning of March. So he's going to be here from March 6th, 7th, and 8th. So he'll be Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. He'll do a series of workshops that uh, you can come to one or come to all. A lot, they're all um, 
very friendly for all levels. He's one of the world leaders in Ashtanga Yoga as he travels and teaches. He's a published author. Uh, he's just a he's a real sincere guy that has a, a knack for teaching. And we'll, we'll do a little chat with uh, Yoga Sutras. We'll do some Mysore style classes, some arm balancing, some actually led primary series for the Ashtangis out there. And then we'll do some work on functional anatomy. So you can find that all at our City Yoga website, along with, you know, there's events popping up all the time right here in January. Starting next weekend, we've got the intro to yoga, which is January 18th. Semi Cruz, a very experienced teacher, will be in to uh, do a three-week series teaching yoga basics, helping people get on their mat maybe for the first time or maybe the first time in a while, maybe recovering from an injury, wanted to talk about how to do modifying their practice. I mean, there's op lots of opportunities to explore your yoga journey with that intro sessions. And then we have Tuning Into Tejase, a meditation and light and sound with Jamie Anderson and Rachel Lee. They're combining their yogic and artistic talents to bring you this amazing sensory experience with live music and this visual light refraction performance. So bring your bolsters and blankets and yoga mat and, and be ready for an amazing treat. And like I mentioned, I think last week, that that was such a popular event. We It sold out so quickly, we scheduled two sessions this time on Saturday, January 25th, an early 4.30 session, and then again, a seven o'clock session. And then I'll be doing a Discovery Meditation and Mindfulness February 8th, 2.30 to 5.30. So we'll do three hours deep dive into different styles of meditation. And don't worry, you won't be sitting there meditating for three hours. We'll have conversation. We'll explore several different styles of meditation. We'll have a little bit of movement and a chance for you to maybe find something that resonates with you and you can create your own daily home practice around meditation and mindfulness. So that's about all for now. And do uh, look forward to talking with you all again next week as we bring Taylor Hunt to the show. Have an awesome 2020, new year, new decade. I hope it's awesome. Thank you for listening to The Yoga Voice, brought to you by City Yoga School of Yoga and Health, where we are committed to exploring how yoga inspires and transforms. Find out more at www.cityyoga.biz. That's C-I-T-Y-O-G-A dot biz. Special thanks to our producer, Brian Sims, for his audio expertise.